Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Folks, welcome into the NFL Mocks Podcast. I am your humble host, Brooks Austin. We're coming to you live from the always wonderful and beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. Got a little bit of a cold spell moving in. Uh, not my favorite thing going on right now with all the uh, you know ups and downs with the weather. It'll really throw a man's uh, sinuses and whatnot off. But we've got a great show for you guys tonight. Obviously, the NFL Combine, 2019 NFL Combine just wrapped up. They're in Indianapolis uh, today with the DBs and whatnot going and finishing with their on-field drills and all their testing and all that fun stuff. So, with that being said, we got the NFL Combine wrapped up. That means we've got to bring you our initial reactions coming out of the Combine. So, we had, you know, a couple guests lined up today for today's show, but they had some things go on in their own personal world. So, uh... Here I am by myself on the NFL Mocks podcast brought to you by Fansided, but that does not mean I don't have a great and jam-packed show for you. And I do mean jam-packed. I'm going to go through my top five at every single position today available. All the available draft uh, prospects at these positions, I'll give you my top five, how I rank them, why I see them that way, as well as give you my combine's biggest winner and biggest loser from each Position And we're going to go ahead and start with the quarterbacks, man. Obviously, that is the news out of the NFL Combine. Kyler Murray is the talk of the town, rumored to be going number one to the Arizona Cardinals. But I do want to let you guys know, just because I'm giving you my top five, this is my top five. This is not how it's actually going to break down in the draft. I mean, obviously, I just told you, Kyler Murray pretty much locked in at number one. Does that mean I see him as my number one quarterback? No. I see Dwayne Haskins, the six foot three, 231-pound quarterback at Ohio State, as my number one quarterback for all of the following reasons. Look, 
checks the most boxes. He is your most, you know, uh, your safe pick, if you will. If you're going to draft Kyler Murray, you're going to have to draft an entire philosophy and offense around him. You're going to have to sculpt, mold, and shape it uh, to fit the five foot ten quarterback. Which we'll go ahead and talk about it right now while we're on it. The five foot ten. That was the big number coming out of this combine with these quarterbacks, right? We heard about it leading up to the draft or leading up to the combine. Is he going to be five foot nine? Is he going to come in below five foot nine? Do we see a five foot eight quarterback? For the first time, get drafted. No, never ever has five foot ten sounded so sweet. Kyler Murray almost wins the draft and wins the combine here by doing absolutely nothing by showing up heavier than he's ever been. Showed up at two oh seven despite playing majority of the year this year at Oklahoma at a buck eighty five. So twenty two pounds in over what a couple of months since he got done there playing uh, in the college football playoff. Obviously, with the loss to Alabama. So here's how I rank it. We'll get back into it. Haskins one, Murray two. I've got Drew Locke three. Look, he threw it extremely, extremely well at the combine, and we knew he would. Look, a shorts and t-shirt superstar in Drew Locke, but made some extremely questionable decisions with the ball there in Missouri during his time. A 4-6-9-40, and hell, he even almost went seven flat on the three cone. So a rather quick athlete in Drew Locke, and again, the measurable stack up, 6'4", 228. So a lot of guys, based off the shorts and T-shirts Olympics, may have the balls to move Drew Locke above Dwayne Haskins. Uh, me, not so much. Again, I got Dwayne Haskins 1, Murray 2, Locke 3. That brings Daniel Jones in at 4, Ryan Finley, and Will Greer wrapping up the pack there. So, you know, fairly similar testing numbers. From the bottom three of my, you know, I gave you the top six. I told you I was going to give you a top five. I gave you a little bonus pick with Will Greer right there at six, all right? The bottom half of this top six, and Daniel Jones, Ryan Finley, and Will Greer testing rarely, or, you know, fairly similar, uh, you know, around the mid to high four sevens in the 40, going to uh, run a low seven three cone and a low four one four two uh, five ten five shuttle. So, those are, you know, relatively average athletic numbers from those quarterbacks as we would expect to see. But, you know, we saw Dwayne Haskins running the just over the 540, not an extremely explosive athlete, but we knew that coming into this combine, again, unless you're Stephen A. Smith. So combine winners, combine losers here with the quarterback position, and then we'll move on to the tailback. So, again, combine winners somehow – Kyler Murray, Murray, excuse me, manages to come out of this combine rumored as the consensus number one overall pick to Arizona, all because I guess he measured in at 5'10 instead of 5'9. And again, I don't know who his agent is or what they've got going on in that camp to have all these positive things swirling around this young quarterback who we've literally seen nothing from since he got done uh, in his one year there at Oklahoma. And look, the film's great, right? The statistics are great. Hell, he won a Heisman Trophy winner. We or, or a Heisman Trophy. We understand he had a great season. But again, it's nothing but uh, showing up 22 pounds heavier and maybe uh, a half an inch taller than we originally expected, or at least he was listed as at Oklahoma. So maybe a little bit of selling low to end up, you know, having teams buy high on him, you know, letting them know, you know, give them the low end first. That way they're pleasantly surprised when they hear 510. I don't know, again, I don't know what he's got in his marketing department, what the hell his agent's doing, but 
Kyler Murray, the buzz is swarming. He will go number one uh, again, though. I've got him two on my big board here for quarterback. So if that makes Kyler the big winner out of the combine weekend, uh, just logical thinking means Haskins the, is the big loser, right? And it's not by any, any doing of his own, okay? Look, he threw the ball fairly well in the combine drills. Uh, you know, we ran what we expected him to run right around five flat, right? But some scouts even think Drew Locke, based off the way he threw the ball this week uh, at the shorts and T-shirts Olympics, as we'll keep calling it, uh, some people even moved Drew Locke above Haskins this week. So I think, again, due to no fault of his own, uh, Dwayne Haskins' draft stock maybe falls just a little bit following this combine. And, again, I'll, I'll give you my full wrap-up here for the quarterback position. Again, Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray, Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, Ryan Finley, the kid out of NC State, and Will Greer, who, surprisingly, while we're talking about him, Will Greer, 6'2", came in a little bit shorter than I originally, uh, you know, thought we were going to see there out of the former, uh, you know, five-star recruit that went down to Florida and then transferred to West Virginia. So that wraps up our quarterbacks conversation. Uh, feel free to give me your comments on that. And while we're here, let's take a, mom- a moment. Please like, subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast. Uh, however you found this podcast, please give us that five-star rating and whatnot. We appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, feel free to go check out all your uh, sports needs wherever you got to find them, uh, however or whatever sports you like to watch and keep up to date with. Uh, check out fansided.com for all your sports-related news and information. Let's move on to the running backs class. This is a deep one, guys. I'll give you my top five, and then we're going to spend a good bulk of this time talking about guys who are actually outside of my top five. Again, extremely deep class, but not a heavy hitter. I don't think there's a big, you know, alpha dog at the top, even though Josh Jacobs is listed as my number one back here, followed by Damian Harris. So I'm going Bama, Bama, back-to-back. SEC strong. Give me Travion Williams at the third spot here in the tailbacks class. I'm telling you what, this kid's a baller out of Texas A&M. A 4-5-1, the 5'8", 206 tailback, was the go-to guy in this offense all season long. I'm telling you, third and five, crucial, got to have it. What do they do? Travion Williams, doesn't matter. Crucial moments in these football games, Kevin Sumlin and his staff, well, not Kevin Sumlin, but Jimbo Fisher, excuse me, and his staff was heavily, heavily leaning on Travion Williams, the senior out of Texas A&M. I love this kid. That's why I've got him number three. Number four, David Montgomery, the thicker uh, tailback out of Iowa State. Ran a 4.63, so didn't necessarily test great. But Devin Montgomery, again, a back out of Iowa State who can truly do it all. We know out there in the Big 12, they're slinging it. So number five, I've got my tailback, Devin Singletary. I'm telling you, the one-cut monster right here. This dude, first tackler, you better come with help because you're not bringing him down. Five foot seven, 203, did not test well, guys. I had him much higher in my tailback's board going into the combine. But when I see a 466, that's okay. I can deal with a 466. Here's my issue. You turn in a 732 on the three cone and a 44 on the three cone. Uh, not necessarily great. Again, we just told you. Hell, Drew Locke ran a 412 in the three cone, okay? Drew Locke, or excuse me, ran a 703 in the three cone. Drew Locke ran a 412 in the 5105, okay? Both those numbers. Better than what Devin Singletary, the back out of FAU, put up in this combine. Again, I love the tape, 
but just didn't see it quite match up there in uh, Indianapolis this weekend. So my combine winners for the tailbacks here. We were quick here, but here's why. We were quick through my top five because I don't know what to do with the remainder of these guys right here. There's four guys at the combine that I haven't even listed yet that came out and blew it out of the waters, tested incredibly. That's Raquel Armstead, the tailback out of Temple. Mike Weber, the tailback out of Ohio State. Alex Barnes, the bigger back, the three-down back out of Kansas State. And then Miles Sanders, uh, also known as Saquon Barkley's backup out of Penn State. All four guys popped off the screen this weekend in Indianapolis, and quite frankly, I don't necessarily know what to do with him. I know what I'm doing with Alex Barnes. Alex Barnes will get a spot on my NFL roster. That guy won almost everything but the 40 this weekend in Indianapolis, and he's big, and he's thick, and he's strong, all right? So, and he can catch the football. So I like Alex Barnes, but, uh, you know, not quite enough. Maybe I'll put him in there at my five spot instead of Devin Singletary. Sorry about that, Devin, and sorry about that to my folks on Twitter that uh, appreciated me showing Devin some love. Again, the tailback out of FAU, but just didn't necessarily do so hot this weekend at the Combine. So those, those four guys I just mentioned are my biggest Combine winners out of the tailback position. Raquel Armstead, again, from Temple. Mike Weber, good Lord, man. This kid looked incredible. Field drills, four, four, or I think he ran a four four seven. did not drop a ball uh, in the field drills. Alex Barnes, again, we talked about him, and Miles Sanders. Um, so the big losers here, to me, it's obvious, it's clear. We haven't talked about him, and there's a reason why. Elijah Holyfield, man, tailback out of Georgia, runs the 4-8-140, which is bad enough, and then he goes out there in the field drills, which have never been more important, right? we got to be able to see tailbacks catch the football. Think about it. Naheem, Naheem Hines, uh, Marlon Mack, the two later round uh, draft picks out of Indianapolis last year, both guys go into the league and start catching balls immediately. Obviously, Alvin Kamara, but we can't always be Alvin Kamara, right? We can't obviously walk in as a rookie and lead the league in yards after contact and lead the league in, in, in all kinds of statistical categories as he did in all-purpose yards and whatnot as he did as a rookie, okay? Not everyone's going to be a third-round, uh, you know, miracle wonder like Alvin Kamara, but that's not to say guys like Alan, Alex Barnes and Miles Sanders and Mike Weber might be able to do something coming out of day two and day three of this NFL draft. So, um, you know, again, Elijah Holyfield, not a great day uh, for the kid out of Georgia. So that's my big loser there. Out of the tailbacks position, we're moving right along to the big category here, man, which, you know, going into the combine had some big names in it, but we saw some people get down and dirty uh, this weekend in the wide receiver department at the NFL Combine. Here's how I rank them. And again, this is not how they're going to go. I understand that. But here's how I rank them. And you guys can hold me to it. I like to tell you why as I'm going through. Number one, I've got A.J. Brown, the receiver out of Ole Miss. I know D.K. Metcalf is strongly and strongly ahead uh, in, in, when it comes to most people's draft boards in terms of these two guys. But I, I think highlight tapes and 40-yard dashes and shirtless pictures on Instagram and shirtless pictures on social media have maybe distorted the image here for DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown. When you turn the tape on of these two players at Ole Miss, the first thing you think of is, oh, my God, there's that number five out there named DeMarcus Lodge, too. Um, so they've got three, you know, Sunday caliber receivers, and Jordan Temu must be absolute dog poop, all right? So that's the first thing you think, right? 
The second thing that pops is, holy crap, A.J. Brown looks like an absolute tank of a wide receiver. He looks like a tailback with great hands and great spatial awareness, right? So A.J. Brown goes out into the combine and runs an official 4-4-9. I'm telling you right now, this is D.J. Moore's body with A.B.-like field awareness, all right? Now, I know A.B. is Mr. Tony Two-Tap, but I'm telling you right now, A.J. Brown knows where he's at. He knows where everyone else is at. He knows where the ball's at. Hell, he knows everything where, where everybody's at on the field. And that's so important for a receiver that's out there with catching balls and with people trying to knock his head off at all times. I'm telling you, spatial awareness, something incredibly, incredibly important for wide receivers at the NFL level. Because, look, all these guys we're going to talk about today went sub 4-6, okay? All these guys went sub 4-5, apart from Riley Ridley that we're going to talk about in this top five receivers. Which brings us to our number two receiver on my big board, DK Metcalf. I know 6'3", 228. I know 1.6% body fat, which I'm calling 100% bull crap on because it doesn't really sound plausible. I've heard your skin basically holds at least 3% body fat on what should be all measures. But um, anyways, 1.6% body fat runs the 4-3-3-40. But here's my issue, guys. A 7-3-8-3 cone, a 4-5-5-10-5. I'm telling you right now, I haven't ran a 5-10-5 shuttle in about two years, and I guarantee you I could go sub 4-6 right now on a 5-10-5, okay? And for a wide receiver, a guy who's going to have to get in and out of his breaks to run the slowest three cone of all the wide receivers and the slowest 5-10-5 of all the receivers. DK Metcalf not looking great. I know you've got straight line speed. I, we, we talked about that, okay? We covered that the very first day we came on here and started talking mock talk here on the NFL Mocks podcast. But that does not mean you're going to be able to get in and out of breaks uh, at the next level. We can't all run go routes, okay? I mean, I know Tyreek Hill takes the tops off of defenses, but that's a lot quicker than fast, all right? And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure uh, Tyreek Hill was more in the 4-2 range, but nonetheless, there's two, different, two totally different types of players, but uh, DK Metcalf coming in number two on my big board, and for the reasons, look, I'm not huge on DK Metcalf. I've got him two but, you know, never more than 645 yards in a season. And to me, man, I see plays, again, I, I'll revert back to it, where we're catching the ball and we've got two feet out of bounds. And we just forgot that the sideline was there, even though it hasn't moved in, you know, 100 years that people have been playing football, okay? The field's been 53 and a half uh, yards wide, and DK Metcalf maybe thought it was 44 yards wide. That's all I'm saying, all right, those types of mistakes we don't see from A.J. Brown. That's why I've got A.J. Brown going number one uh, on my big board. He's my number one receiver here. Hollywood Brown, a.k.a. Marquise Brown, out of OU. Obviously, we didn't see him uh, at the combine here. He's the most electric dude in all of college football and in all of this draft, okay? Can go to the house with one touch at all times, as can this next kid, Paris Campbell, the six foot 205 receiver out of Ohio State. We saw what he could do going 4-3-1 this weekend at the Combine. Uh, and the most impressive number I saw here was the 4.03-5-10-5. Man, this wasn't a guy who was asked to run a whole lot of complex routes in college. Look, he did, he's not 
when you flip on the film, he's not going to show you the full depth of the route tree. But I don't necessarily think it's because he can't do it. I think it was because he wasn't necessarily asked to do it while he was there at Ohio State. And for that reason, I've got him number four here on my wide receiver's big board, followed by Riley Ridley, the receiver out of Georgia. Came in a little smaller than I thought. I was expecting to see about 6'2". 215, he rolls in 6'1", 199, and then turns in a 4'5", in the 40. Uh, not so great numbers in the three cone or the 5'10", 5 as well. Again, came in a little smaller than I'd expected. This is a really physical receiver when you turn on the tape. Again, we've I, I put the mock out there, or the, not the mock, the comp out there. It's kind of a, not really, it's a Frankenstein comp, if you will. It's not a head-to-head direct comp. Uh, you know, one player to one player. It's more of a one player to a combination of two players. If you were to take Mike Williams and you were to take Calvin Ridley, Riley Ridley's older brother, and you were to combine them, make them have a love child, uh, no homo, I think you would get Riley Ridley, the younger brother here, okay? Look, physical like Mike Williams uh, and, and an in-depth route runner like his brother Calvin uh, out of Georgia. It's in the family. It's in the bloodlines. I think you're going to get a pro- – actually, I know you're going to get a professional – the day Riley Ridley walks onto a professional uh, roster in a professional practice environment. Okay, a little extra pick here. I got a sixth receiver for you, Debo Samuel. I like this kid, okay? But, again, man, you got some questions about, you know, work ethic and about whether or not he can stay healthy and stay on the field, or at least he did there at South Carolina. But when this kid is healthy – no one can guard him. You can take the look at you can take a look at the film at the Senior Bowl. All right, Debo Samuel when he's healthy, when he's in shape. No one can guard the guy. And it, those ifs and wins is why he's number six on my big board here. 214, ran a four four eight this weekend. Extremely quick. Got good lateral click, quickness. DK Mecca or uh, Debo Samuel coming in number six. So the combine winners here in the receivers group. DK Metcalf obviously stole the show, so he's your biggest winner out of the combine here at this at this position. But again, I'm telling you, AJ Brown running a sub four five is absolute music to my ears. I love the kid. I think he's going to be an absolute star at the NFL level. All right. So the losers, I think the guy that fell the most behind leaving this combine has to be Nikhil Harry, in my opinion. All right. Look, he ran a four five three, a fairly above average. You know. Time for a 6'3", big-bodied receiver. But, again, we're seeing big-bodied guys go really, really low. All right? So, again, outside of Cal- or Riley Ridley, no one's going plus 4'5 here in this top six that I've got listed for you. And we've got some big-bodied guys in here, man. A.J. Brown, maybe not 6'3", but he's 226. That's a thick-bodied receiver. D.K. Metcalf, 6'3", 228, going 4'3", okay? Those are big-bodied receivers, not to mention you got the kid out of NC State and you've got the kid out of Stanford, uh, whom's both I'm drawing blanks on with their names. But nonetheless, those are guys that are going to compete uh, with Nikhil Harry for that big-bodied uh, day two receiver slot there. So uh, I don't see anybody, you know, D.K. Metcalf, Hollywood Brown, probably going to sneak into the first round uh, just because of, you know, the, the need and the want uh, to, you know, take a flyer on a guy that could be an absolute game changer. And D.K. Metcalf can be, I'm telling you. If he puts it together, it's hard not to think 6'3", 230 pounds damn near, running 4'3", jumping 39 and a half inches, all right? We know these types of things uh, typically play out at the next level. But, again, I am concerned about the three-cone. I am concerned about the 5'10", 5'. Those may sound like stupid drills, guys, but they're really, really important 
um, at the next level in terms of creating space. So with that being said, let's get into why we're really here, and that's the offensive line talk, right? I split them into tackles and interior. So you get twice the offensive line talk here on the NFL Mocks podcast. Again, we appreciate you guys for listening. So we'll give you the number one offensive tackle we've got on the big board right now available, and that's Jawan Taylor, six foot five kid out of UF. Look, had the hamstring problem, didn't run this weekend, but the field drills were incredible, even with the hobbled hammy there. Uh, got swift feet, man. As swift feet as you could possibly have at 6'5", 312, and a guy who matches him, uh, you know, in terms of swift feet, Andre Dillard, my number two tackle on the board. Uh, the kid out of Washington State ran a four nine six in the forty, uh, and then turned in a four four in the five ten five shuttle. That was the best time. And then he goes sub seven five in the three cone drill, a seven four four. I'm telling you what, boys, this is an athlete. I'm telling you, the best pass blocking tackle available in this draft. Andre Dillard, left tackle out of Washington State, number two on my tackles big board, which brings us to Jonah Williams. Look, kid out of Bama, 6'4", measured in 33 and 5'8 inch arms. So he's literally a borderline tackle in terms of heights, weights, and measurements. Uh, 40, a 5'1", You know, that is what it is. Here's my number I'm majorly concerned with, an 801 three-cone drill. The average of NFL tackles, all pro NFL tackles, was 7'7 this past year in this three-cone drill. So it is important. I want to see you be able to run it. I want to see you be able to bend. I want to see what kind of hip movement you got, what kind of flexibility, and how quick you are in your first, you know, step and a half, two steps. And apparently, uh, you know, Jonah Williams, not necessarily a quick twitch athlete, but we kind of knew that based off the film, right? We told you an extreme technician, right? That's what we told you in episode one here of the NFL Mock Talks podcast. Jonah Williams, your quintessential technician at left tackle. We'll see if he gets to stick there at the next level, though, based off these measurements. I'm going to tell you right now, he's probably sliding in the guard, which means, you know what, buddy? You're going to get to eat really, really good for the next, you know, six months. You're going to get to swell up to 325 pounds, all right? So enjoy it, man. Not all of us get to go in and, and, and someone tell us, hey, we need you to gain 20 pounds Here's your fork, here's your knife, here's a meal plan, and here's money to eat all the steak and baked taters you want to, big dog. Enjoy that, Jonah Williams, getting fat and heavy to bump inside because I think that's probably what's going to happen. That takes us to our number four offensive tackle available. This is a guy who shot up my board because of the combine this past weekend, Caleb McGarry, the tackle out of Washington, a 6'7", 317-pound menace of a man, I'm telling you, about as ugly as can be, but that's what you want at that offensive tackle position, especially the right tackle position. I want someone who's got one of them flat foreheads. You know what I'm talking about. One of them guys that looks like he slams his head into his locker in pregame trying to get lit. That kind of guy, that's what Caleb McGarry is right now. I'm telling you, he may be 22, 23 years old, but he looks like he's 35 in the face and the soul. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? He's absolutely crazy, and he tested out of this world. 505 in the 40. Ran a 7.663 cone and then turned in a 4.58 in the 5.105. All right. Tested really, really well. I was actually thoroughly surprised. Now, he did it stiff as hell. All right. Look, he looked like he had two by fours running up his backside. But nonetheless, turns the numbers in. And I believe he damn near broad jumped a 10 foot. So 
an, a rather explosive stiff-bodied athlete, right? But he's going to be able to stick at right tackle at the next level based off the measurements. Number five, my tackle, best available here, Dalton Reisner, the kid out of Kansas State. Kansas State, a team who, uh, you know, maybe not win a lot of games last year, but turning in some guys at the combine along Mississippi State and Ole Miss. But back to Dalton Reisner here, you know, tested well enough, okay? Tested well enough to stick at right tackle, especially when you turn the tape on and watch what this guy does in the run game. Dalton Reisner going to have a chance to stick at right tackle. Worst case, he's an all-pro guard, so enjoy that. Offensive tackle, number six on my big board. I know we were teasing you five, but I got to give you the sixth here just because I want to talk about him. Greg Little, uh, you know, just didn't, just didn't look anything. Nothing looked pain-free or smooth at all here uh, for Greg Little. Go six on my big board coming into the combine. I had him, number five. Uh, McGarry jumped two guys uh, coming, uh, you know, before the combine. Didn't have him in my top five. McGarry jumps two guys into number four right there coming out of the combine. So the combine winners, obviously Caleb McGarry, right? We talked about him. But Andre Dillard made himself a ton of money and locked up his position again as the best available pass-blocking left tackle in this draft. As for the losers, all the Wisconsin guys, all right? I am out, absolutely out on Wisconsin offensive linemen, unless your name is Joe Thomas, unless you are the reincarnation of Joe Thomas or you, for once, Show me a Wisconsin offensive lineman that's not just 6'7 and sloppy bodied and from, you know, podunk nowhere up north and got there because he's massive. Um, I'm out. I'm out on all Wisconsin tackles. Okay, all of them. Don't bring me a name. I'm out. Those are my big losers uh, from this weekend at the tackle department. And obviously, Greg Little, we talked about it. Didn't look great. Um, but, again, the number that really scares me is that 8013 cone from Jonah Williams. It's, it's not great. We, we didn't see any of these tackles. None of these tackles go plus eight. And that 801 right there, again, the league average last year for offensive tackles going to the Pro Bowl was 7-7 in that drill. So you got to be a semi-explosive athlete, and we see it there. Dalton Reisner, not an explosive athlete, right? Dalton Reisner, go look at that guy, okay? Self-made, absolutely, 100%. Country fed, all that kind of stuff. Dalton Reiser, not an explosive athlete. Ran a 5-3-40, right? Slower than Jonah Williams. But guess what? 7-6-6 in the three cone, okay? He can bend, all right? He can move a little bit. He's got quick burst, right? Got acceleration. That's the kind of stuff we got to see from our tackles uh, because they're playing out there on the edge, man. They're playing against extremely athletic guys. Um, some of these guys we're going to get into, obviously, a little later. Let's move on. we got to move it a little quicker. Let's hit our uh, interior offensive lineman. I'm just going to give you my top. Well, I'll, I'll run through my top five right here real, real quick. Garrett Bradbury checked all the boxes this week at the Combine, okay? Kid out of NC State, outside zone, all pro tomorrow, walk in the league. This is Jason Kelsey. That's what you got to think when you think of Garrett Bradbury. Number two on my interior big board, Elgin Elgin. Jenkins, I love this kid out of Mississippi State, played center and guard there in his time. Just turn on the tape. He's extremely fun to watch, a fluid and strong as hell athlete. Cody Ford, a tackle uh, out of Oklahoma, but he's definitely going to kick in to guard here in the league. 6'4", 329 pounds. I'm talking thick as shit from the waist down. T-H-I-C-C-T, thick Cody Ford my number three guard available, and two guys that blew up the combine this weekend, Chris Lindstrom and Eric McCoy, both similar body types, 
uh, Lindstrom turning in a 4.91. Uh, Eric McCoy, the kid out of A&M, turning in a 4.89. Lindstrom, kid out of Boston College, does absolutely everything well on tape. Look, he's not going to do anything exceptionally great other than obviously run, but he does everything good, okay? So um, those are some guys to, to me that I thought won this weekend. Eric McCoy and Chris Lindstrom uh, made some money this weekend uh, in the interior offensive line conversation. I don't want to bag on anybody, but I got one loser. He was, to me, uh, a guy who just stood out for all the wrong, re- all the wrong reasons, especially when you go in and look at what, what, what's actually happening with the kid. Uh, Nate Herbig, the junior, I'm saying junior, out of uh, Stanford. You guys probably recognized him. Uh, he was that guy. He was the rabbit in uh, Garrett Bradbury's drill. Uh, made Bradbury look like a stud. But I'm going to tell you right now, Nate Herbig had no business being at the combine in general. And to be 100% honest, whoever advised him to leave school early and go to the combine this year, fired. Get out of here. You don't need to be representing young children, uh, especially not young men, trying to you know elevate their careers uh, in any aspect. You don't need to be giving those guys advice. That guy had no business uh, being at the combine one and leaving early from school uh, and again, I don't want to bag on anybody, but if you guys watch the combine, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Um, just, just not, not, not good stuff there um, from whoever's advising that young man. But let's move on to the tight ends. Last position we got to hit, and it's a quick one. I love the two kids out of Iowa. Obviously, I got T.J. Hawkinson number one, Noah Fant number two. No surprise there, right? The surprise, however, from the combine, Noah Fant going four five zero, right? Absolutely burning. But again. It may sound like a surprise. I didn't necessarily expect 4-5-0, but I knew the kid could turn it on, right? If you turn the film on, just not this past year, but the year before when I was evaluating Denzel Ward, guess who I saw run right by his face uh, in that Iowa-Ohio State game? That is no other than Noah Fant. So I knew he could burn. So I got those guys uh, one and two at the top. Number three, I've got Irv Smith. Look, a short body tight end, 6-2 and three quarters, 242 pounds and ran a 4-6-3. I'm not necessarily in love with it, okay? I expected a little bit more, honestly, in these testings and in these measurables. A guy who won this weekend, Foster Moreau, the tight end out of LSU, we'll call, uh, you know, Chris Sims, I can call him white boy supreme. Um, I just tell him he's a white boy that's got juice. Foster Moreau, juice from the white boy, okay? 4.66 in the 40, ran a 7.16 uh, three cone, and a tight end's best, 4.11. In the 5105, 4.11 in the 5105 shuttle. I got a, so that's Foster Moreau four, Josh Oliver, the kid out of San Jose State. I'm ranking him fifth, a fluid, fluid athlete, man. I'm telling you, the guy runs really, really well. Combine winners, we got it. Iowa boys, y'all did great. Uh, again, especially Noah Fant, the 450 is really, really impressive. But again, I love the white boy juice, Foster Moreau out of LSU. I liked it. I liked it. And I thought uh, the Knox kid out of Ole Miss looked pretty well in the field drills, too. The big loser here, Isaac Nada, man. Another Georgia Bulldog biting the dust. Ran a damn 501 unofficial the second time on his run. And I didn't even go back to check the official times because, hey, what's the bother? I mean, Jesus, man. He looked old, too. Real, real old. And not old in the good sense, but just old in the bad. Um, anyways, let's move on to our defensive guys now. 33 minutes in, we got to get it wrapped up. We got to get it going quick. But luckily, there's a few less, or, you know, a, a little bit fewer categories here. And I, I hope I don't miss anybody here. But let's get straight into the defensive tackles, right? The in, interior 
defensive lineman, number one, easy money here, Quinnen Williams, 6'3", 303, and turns in a 4'8'3", absolutely cemented himself as the number one defensive tackle in this draft, uh, followed closely, if you will, at least my, in my opinion, by Ed Oliver. We didn't get to see him run his 40 at 6'2", 287, but this freak of nature was asked to work out at linebacker. Think about that. There's an NFL scout out there in this world that thinks the 6'2", 290-pound, essentially, Ed Oliver needs to be playing linebacker. I think he's out of his mind, but, um, you know, I've heard rumors that Ed Oliver might turn in, you know, a sub 4'6", or, you know, at least uh, like a 4'6'2 in his 40 at 290 pounds coming up in his pro day at Houston. And I guarantee you he'll probably be back down to about 280 at that pro day. Uh, These guys tend to do that. If they don't run at their 40 uh, at the combine, they probably put on a little bit of weight uh, to look good there at the Underwear Olympics um, and weigh in heavy, as we saw Kyler Murray did. I've heard rumors Kyler Murray might go sub 4'3". Sub 4'3". Yeah, you heard that. Um, That would be absolutely insane, right? Number two, Ed Oliver on my big board for interior defensive lineman. Number three, I've got Jeffrey Simmons. Look, a non-invite to the NFL Combine due to an issue dating back to his high school days. A questionable rule, obviously, if you will, uh, from the NFL. Uh, Basically, if you've been tied to any domestic violence, even dating back to your high school days, um, if it is confirmation that it happened or if there's, God forbid, video evidence as there is in this Jeffrey Simmons case um you're just not invited they're not letting you come anymore but he wouldn't have been performing anyways because he tore his ACL uh earlier uh in training but nonetheless Jeffrey Simmons a dynamo of a defensive lineman uh there a, a killer three technique uh out of Mississippi State Dexter Lawrence I got him at four and Christian Wilkins uh the other guy out of Clemson at five all right so I saw a really important number and a really frightening number, if you will, the 6'3", 315-pound defensive lineman Christian Wilkins going 4-5-5 in the 5-10-5 shuttle. Um, just for comparison, Josh Oliver, that really fluid tight end I was telling you about, he ran 4-4-7. Um, let's see here. Who's another guy here we can compare him to? Uh, DK Metcalf ran 4-5. So there you go. Christian Wilkins ran a 4-5-5, 5-10-5. DK Metcalf ran a 4-5 flat. So there's your comparison, right? Pretty freakish stuff there from Christian Wilkins. Short area quickness. Again, really, really important in the NFL. So let's get to these edge rushers. This is a big category, right? These are some guys, some athletes that went really, really low, if you will, in their 40. We'll start with number one. Oh, well, no, we got to go. We got to go winner, or winners and losers, right? Uh, from combine winners and losers from the defensive tackles. The winners got to be Quentin Williams, right? The loser, I don't really have one. Um, I thought the interior D-line looked fairly well across the board, okay? So that was pretty boring. I probably didn't even need to hit those winners and losers. But let's keep rolling into these edge rushers. And uh, we got edge rushers, linebackers, safeties, and corners, and then we'll wrap up for tonight, all right? So edge rushers, I got Nick Bosa going number one. All right, short area quickness is the major key. Again, we'll keep harping on it because it's major, major key. A 7-1-3 cone. Uh, and a 4-1-4-5-10-5 from Nick Bosa. His 4-1-4 and 1-5-6, 20-yard uh, split, or 10-yard split in his 40, both were best and tied for best uh, in the edge rushers category. Josh Allen, I've got him number two. Uh, Montez Sweat, number three. Obviously, the 6-6, 260 freak out of Mississippi State. Running the 4-4-1 uh, 
uh, was your testing winner, I think, at, from the combine this week, right? Um, you know, unlike DK Metcalf, DK Metcalf had the bad three cone and the bad 5-10-5 uh, paired with that 4-3-3. Uh, but Mr. Montez Tez Sweat followed up that 4-4-1 in the 40 with a seven flat three cone and a 4-2-9-5-10-5. So both numbers, uh, first round caliber there. Uh, number four edge rusher on my board, Brian Bar- Burns. Man, you talk about a fluid athlete, a guy who just looks smooth, like he got out of bed, just being good at everything uh, every day. Brian Burns is that guy. I've got him number four in my edge rushing category. And number five, man, this is the guy right here that's the biggest wild card of the NFL draft, and it's Rashawn Gary. I don't know what to do with this guy. Does he play three tech? Does he play five? Is he a, you know, I know in a 3-4 what he is. I know he's a 5-tech in a 3-4 scheme. I understand that. But if you're running a basic 4-3, what do you do with Rashawn Gary, the 6-4, 277-pound defensive end, 3-tech, whatever you want to call him, going 4-5-8 in the 40? My God, look, all the freakish talent in the world. But, again, 10-and-a-half career sacks, I believe it was, there at Michigan. So some a guy whose numbers at the combine don't match his numbers and his productivity in college, but a run game freak, Rashawn Gary, um, going to make some teams happy probably next year, I believe. So combine winners, um, the winner of all the winners to me is Montez Sweat. Uh, to be 6'6", again, 260 pounds, and to go 4'4'1 is insane. And then again, to follow it up, unlike DK Metcalf, and run the seven flat three cone, and then jump 36 inches. Uh, Montez Sweat checked every single physical box you could possibly check. Uh, he is Julius Peppers. I mean, we've heard that comp, and that's what it is. The loser, the biggest loser to me, has to be, and is obvious, uh, Ja'Kai Polite, right? The defensive end out of uh, Florida. Not only does he get hurt at the combine, but he's then asked to leave the combine uh, for some disciplinary reasons. Uh, so he's my big loser there. And my other big loser, I've got is Cleveland Farrell, man. And again, this is kind of like the Dwayne Haskins thing. Cleveland Farrell didn't drop his stock by any, you know, mistake or any actions of his own. This is just, to me, other guys outshining him in, a, in an atmosphere that maybe necessarily he isn't born to shine in, right? I don't think Cleveland Farrell was born to run in a straight line. Obviously, he didn't think he was because he didn't even run the 40. So uh, to me, Cleveland Farrell... Uh, again, not to, you know, any doing or any wrongdoing of his own, but um, not a lot of buzz leaving this weekend about Cleveland Farrell. But that's not to say he's not going to be a, you know, a high, you know, let's call it top 64 uh, pick because he definitely is. Let's get into the linebackers, and this one's going to be really, really quick. Uh, Devin White, number one. Devin Bush, number two. Uh, number three, who cares? I, I, there's not there's – not, a linebacker even close to either of these two uh, in comparison or even in the prospects. Uh, I would say Devin, Devin White's a top 12 player. Devin Bush is a top 15 player. And then the next linebacker you might find uh, within the top 40. I mean, seriously, you'd be, you'd be hurting to find it, okay? Both these guys, they're almost identical. Devin White, six foot 237. Devin Bush, 5'11", 234. Both short, both thick as hell. Devin White, 4'4", Devin Bush, 4-4-3. Devin White, 7-0-7 in the three-cone. Devin Bush, 6-9-3 in the three-cone. And then Devin White edged him out in the 5-10-5. Again, two guys, ultra-competitive right here. They were eyeing each other all day trying to find out what the other guy was doing so he could try to beat him. Again, a really, really top-heavy 
linebacker class here, and I'm not even going to give you three, four, and five because I don't believe it's even worth, uh, you know, not, not slighting on everybody else, but it would be slighting uh, Devin Bush and Devin White to even mention anybody else in this atmosphere and stratosphere of these two players, in my opinion, of this draft. Okay, so there's my combine winners, winners at the linebacker position. You know who they are, Devin White and Devin Bush. Again, I did not expect Devin Bush to run that fast at that big. This is a very physical, physical football player. When you turn on the film, he's coming with hammer and lead uh, with that head. But anyways, um, let's get into these safeties, and then we'll wrap up with the corners, and we will get out of here. Uh, safety number one on my big board, John Abram, the thumper out of Mississippi State, 5'11", 205, and to go 445. This is Keanu Neal. This is Ed Reed. This is whatever thumping, big-hitting safety you can possibly go run down. You turn on the film of Mississippi State, and about every maybe 15 plays, you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, who's that lightning going across the film? Pow, whoa, who's that guy? Whoa, John Abram. That's who it is right there. Anyways, that's number one on my big board, Taylor Rapp. Uh, kind of a similar player, but not as much thump in the box safety. Taylor Rapp from Washington, um, you know, extremely quick here. Check this 5'10", 5'0", 3'9'9", I believe the fastest at the combine, jumped 35 inches. He did not run a 40, uh, which short area quickness like that, a three cone of 6'8'2", I guarantee he would have blazed it. Let's see if he goes 4'4", at his pro day there in Washington. Definitely a guy to look out for in Taylor Rapp. Nasir Adderley. Uh, the safety small school kid out of Delaware had an injury, so we didn't see him perform at the combine, but the tape is exceptional. Amani Hooker, uh, DB out of Iowa. Man, the lower half on this kid, thick as hell from the waist down again. 4.48 in his 40, and he turns in a 4.1 in the 5.10.5 again. So short area quickness, a really big and important thing. Darnell Savage, you talking about looking the part. The kid out of Maryland, 4.36. In the 40, I've got him ranked number five. So just to recap the safeties, John Abram, uh, Taylor Rapp, kid out of Washington, Nasir Adderley, Amani Hooker, and Darnell Savage. Mine one through five at the safety position. And last but not least, uh, let's give you those combine winners and losers of the safeties before we get into the corners. Abram, again, by far and away the best safety available in this draft. And 440, uh, excuse me, 445 is plenty fast enough. Losers, uh, John Battle, the kid out of LSU. I thought he was a lot faster uh, than what he turned in. I believe he turned in a 476. Uh, this is a guy who against Alabama this past year had 11 tackles. So you would think he's got some, uh, maybe he's got on-field speed. Maybe he's got field speed that doesn't really uh, translate into a straight line 40. Well, let's give you these corners and let's get out of here. Number one, DeAndre Baker did not test well this weekend, but the film speaks well and well enough for me. Zero touchdowns allowed in the SEC this year. Uh, pretty pretty well-known stat there from DeAndre Baker, but a dog, bro. Not just a bulldog in the literal sense, but I'm talking about a dog. Those of you who know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about. DeAndre Baker, a dog. Uh, number two, Byron Murphy, 5'11", 190. Look, a short, thick-bodied kid, all right? Ran a 4.55, but... Woo, not afraid to stick his nose in anything, all right? Got good, really, really natural ball skills, can track the ball down, catches it well, has no uh, problem catching the football. So number three, I've got Greedy Williams, and he would be my number one corner on my board if he tackled at all. And I mean at all, like 10%. Like if he, if he even gave me 5% 
uh, on the edge in terms of tackling. Grudy Williams would be my number one corner. Look, 6'2", so you know he's long, right? 185, ran at 4'3'7". We knew he'd blaze. We knew he would run. Um, but, you know, again, can he tackle? And will he tackle, all right? Is he, is he a willing tackler at the next level? Rocky Sin, just because of the name, is in at number four. Uh, I like the kid out of Temple. Look, short, uh, you know, again, thick-bodied guy, 6'192". All these guys, except for Greedy Williams, no, none of them real long, real lanky. Um, but, you know, tested okay. 4-5-1, 7-3-1 in the three-cone. Not a great number there, so we could see a little better. But Rocky Sin, they're holding down the number four spot for me. And number five, a guy who absolutely climbed into my number five or uh, my top five corners this week, and I'm probably sure a lot of other people's top fives. That's Mark Fields, the corner out of Clemson. Turns in a 4-3-7 in the 40 and looked incredible in the field drills. So that is my top fives across the board, guys. Uh, Joe John Williams, uh, Joe Juan, I think is his name, Williams, the kid out of Vandy, didn't look so hot this week. He's my big loser uh, there for the cornerbacks. So uh, you know what, guys? Tell me what you think about my top five rankings here. Sometimes I give you a top six just for kicks. Uh, We appreciate you guys listening here on the NFL Mocks Podcast. I, as always, am your humble host. While you're here, we're wrapping up the show, obviously, but before you go, please rate, subscribe, review. Give us that five-star rating we are so coveted and chasing after for. So, again, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. NFL Mocks Mocks Podcast brought to you by Fansided. We'll see you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.